open your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be looking at, right after we were told last week, to be subject, we were told to be subject to to all those who are are in our to be of good conduct. Sorry, uh, of to the Gentiles, so that when they see our good works, they can glorify their Father in heaven. And that was kind of the intro to what we're going to be looking at from verse thirteen of chapter two all the way down to verse seven of chapter three. We're going to be looking at how our good conduct, how our submission to earthly authority points to God. How our submission to earthly authority points to God. I've entitled this message, Subject for the Lord's Sake, Part 1. I haven't decided how many sermons there's going to be on these verses, but there's going to be at least three, so we'll see. Uh, we're going to answer three questions as we look to our text. The, the, what, the text that Doyle read was a very similar text that we are going to read in a moment, and we're going to ask three questions. One, are there any limits to our submission to governing authority? We're going to see that we submit to, to the governing authority as long as they stay in their realm. Their realm, and we'll talk about what that means later. Second question we're going to ask is, what is the purpose of our submission? And what we're going to see is that we submit to human authority so that we can glorify God. And then the third question that's begged by this is, what about Christian freedom? I thought we were set free from all this. I thought we were a holy nation. And what we're going to see is that we submit to human authority because we submit to heavenly authority. We believe that, that, that God has placed our rulers and our government in the place for his purposes, even though we don't, may not know what they are. The final question we're going to see is that are there, or are there any distinctions in our submission? And we're going to see that our level of submission is dependent on the level of relationship. So if you'd uh, stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word, I'm going to start in verse 13 of chapter 2. Be subject for the Lord's sake. To every human institution, whether it be that to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We, I pray that you would be with us Today, as we open your word, as we, as we seek to answer these questions of your text, as we seek to glorify you, and I pray that you would convict our hearts where we failed in our submission. I pray that you would convict our hearts where we've submitted, where we shouldn't. And I pray that you would magnify your name in our lives today. Father, we love you. It's in your precious son's name I pray. Amen. See, this text has been really hard for me. <laughs> Let me just say that from the get-go. Because it is in my nature, ask anyone who has argued politics with me, it's in my nature to mistrust government. 
It's in my nature to not want the government to be in my business and to want them to stay as far out of my business as possible. I'm naturally skeptical of government, and typically I, I just want them to leave me alone. But as we come to this text, we, we have to see that there is a reason for governing authorities. As much as I'd like to argue it, there is a reason for governing authorities. I want you to look at verse 13. Verse 13, this is going to be the, the beginning text for all of the next however many sermons I preach through chapter 3, verse 7. It says, be subject for the Lord's sake, where we got our title, to every human institution. Now, in the original language, and I don't often go back to it, but I do sometimes, it's not the word institution, it's, it's creature. To every human creature. Now, he's telling us that we have to be subject to whatever is around us of human beings. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and following says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, for, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so as we, as we submit, as we're told to submit to these different institutions, to these different uh, authority structures over us, we're going to see three in our next couple sermons. We're going to see, well, four really. First, we're going to see this week is the government. The government is an authority over us that, that has been giving a realm. The second we're going to see is our employer. It says in verse 18, servants be subject to your master in all respect. That's not talking, it's talking about what could be slaves, but slave back then wasn't what we think of nowadays. Slaves back then were bond servants. They were, it was basically an employing, employment relationship. Then we're going to see at the end of where he grounds all of this, this will be next week most likely, uh, where he grounds it all is in our submission to Christ. We submit to others because we submit to Christ. And the final thing we'll see in this mini-series within the series of 1 Peter is why submission within the household. Wives to your husbands and husbands honoring and loving your wives. So I say all that because when we show submissiveness, we're not just being doormats. We're not just being sheep to the world's institutions. We're showing our submission to God through our willing submission to human institutions. If, if, you're, if you're submitting for any other reason except for glorifying God, you're wrong in your submission. Or if you're not submitting within, with, within the realm, then we're sinning. We're going to see that over and over and over over the next several weeks. But this begs the question, the first question that we have this morning, are there any limits to our submission? Now look at verse, the end of verse 13. Whether it be to emperor as supreme. Now, that, that's how it says in the ESV. That makes it look like there are no limitations, right? They are supreme. Well, if we go to the NAS, New American Standard, it says whether as to a king as the one in authority. So it's talking about the supreme earthly authority. Or the NIV says it this way. Whether to the emperor as the supreme authority. We, we have to remember that it's talking specifically about earthly authority here. It's not talking about supreme authority over all things. If it were, we, we, we have to remember that we go back to verse 11. Verse 11 says we are soldiers and exiles here. This is not our home. We are, we are, we are strangers 
in this country and in this world. And so we submit to them as the supreme earthly authority, but our supreme authority is another spot. Look again at verse 9. It says we're a holy nation, and it contrasts that to a Gentile nation. And finally, it tells, tells us in, uh, like I said, verse 12, that it contrasts it with the Gentile nation. So who is this our supreme authority? Our supreme authority is God. It, let me just ask, do it a different way. If, if Peter meant that government was the supreme authority, period, no questions, then we would have to deal with Acts 4. Acts 4, starting in verse 17, says this. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter, our author of our text today, Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Or you go flip the page to Acts 5, starting verse 29, says this. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. And so we're going to see here that there is a, a, other, a supreme authority above that. Even Jesus said in the text we, we, I preached a few months back from Luke. He said they, he, they showed him a coin and said, who should we pay these taxes to? He said, Get, render to Caesar that which is Caesar's. But he finished it and rendered to God that which is God's. See, God is a supreme authority over Caesar. I want you to see that. It says verse 14, or to governors as sent by him, to him as the emperor, to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. So he, he, here Peter is telling us we are to submit to them as the supreme earthly authority, whether it's directly from the emperor or whether it's from his underlings, the governors in that day. Now, we also have to ask a question I don't have on here. We have to ask the question, is this relevant for us? Is this really relevant? We're dealing here with emperors. We don't have an emperor. We're in a democracy, right? So isn't that different? Well, yes, it's different, but it still has relevance. Even though we don't have a dictator, we have a president, we don't have government as they did it, we still are to submit to them. Why? Because it's submission to earthly authorities, not just submission to this style of government. I want you to see here that the, the right here is, in verse 14, is the purpose for government. This is their realm. Look at verse 14. To governors who sent by him. I already read this, but I'm reading it again. To punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. In that day, the way they did that is they threw people in prison or the lion's den or all these different, they, they were sold into to slavery. They were sold into fighting in their arena. Or if you do good, they would erect statues to your name. Now, we don't see that kind of stuff in our modern day, but that's what they, how they would have read this. That we are to submit to government. This is the answer. We are to submit to government as long as they're within the realm of authority. What's their realm of authority? I just told you. To, to punish those who do evil, to praise those who do good. That's what this context is telling us. When any institution, however, steps outside of their realm, we have the right, and I, I would say not only the right, but even the duty to stand up against it. Only then, though, if, if we're standing up against government when they're with, well within their realm, we're sinning. We're not doing what we should. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. 
I have failed at this many times. That's why I've wrestled with this so hard. It's really, it's in my nature. I've already told you this, to, to rebel against it. And yet, here we're told we're to, to submit. Now, you may ask the question, well, what, even if it, the government is evil as ours is, I would say our government's pretty evil right now and has been for the last so, however many years. Who is the government in charge in that time? Anyone know? It's Nero. Want know what Nero was doing? Nero was killing Christians by the thousands. This is a baby religion. The religion had just been established. This is being written in the 50s, 60s. The, the origin, religion was officially established in 33. 20 years old, and he's killing them by the thousands, burning them alive. They're lying. He's lying about them, spreading rumors about these Christians. Nero is the one that came in and marched into Israel in 70 AD and killed all the Jews. This is an evil, wicked uh, government if there was one. And yet, they're called to submit, and so are we. All right. Now, I'm not making many friends, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> Look at the second question we're, we have. What's the purpose of our submission? Because this is where, really where we have to find our core. Verse 15. For, this is retrospective, looking back to the submission. For, this is why we submit. This is the will of God. That by doing it, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The will of God is your submission. Primarily, not primarily that you would, you would silence the ignorance of foolish people, but primarily that you would honor God. Why should we submit to government? Because it brings him glory. Why should we, we do what they ask as long as they're in their realm? Because it brings him glory. Three things, three reasons why I have here. To show that you care more about God than yourself. You care more about God's will than your will. That's why we submit to government. Why? Because God has placed every human institution. So Doyle read earlier. So we are, when we do this, we show that we care more about God than ourselves. Second is to be a light. In this day, told you last week, they were making all sorts of claims about Christians. They were saying that Christians were cannibals because they were, were taking in communion. They said they were sexually immoral because they were fellowshipping together and living life together so much. And in the Roman culture, in that day, if you're hanging out together, you're committing sexual immorality. At least what they, we would call sexual immorality. And so this, they are being a light to the world because even as they are doing this, even as they're having all of these ignorant, foolish people throw on these slanderous accusations, you're silencing them by your good, good deeds. So when we started meeting outside, when the pandemic started, there were some people in the community who talked to some people in our congregation and said, why in the world are you going out at all? Why in the world are you meeting? Even if we're meeting outside, you shouldn't be going anywhere. You need to be staying home. Why, what did we do? We stayed distant. We followed the guidelines. We submitted. And what did we do? We silence the ignorance of the foolish people. Not one single person, while we were outside in our congregation, got COVID from our meeting together. And that's a huge, that's a huge evidence of, of God's grace. It's a huge evidence of what this, thing, this very thing says. We put to silence the ignorance of foolish 
people. And the third, third reason we're to submit is we're, we're all called to be above reproach. Often we talk about being above reproach when it comes to pastors or deacons. The Bible says that all Christians, anyone who is a, who is a child of God, which is anyone who submitted their life to God, is to be above reproach in their actions, in their words, and in their deeds. So why do we submit? Because it's the will of God for us to submit. Look at the third question. What about Christian freedom? We've been saved. We're free. Why, why do we start to submit to this? Look at verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover for evil, but living as servants of God. John MacArthur said it this way. It's the best way I've found. Submission does not mean a denial of Christian freedom, but it is the act of God's truly free people. We, we freely submit because we've been set free. Now, doesn't that mean we're still slaves? Well, the Bible tends to say yes. We are free from sin, but we are slaves to God, is what the way the Bible looks, says it. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 20. Each one should remain in the condition in which he is called. Whether, where, were you a bondservant when you were called? Talking about being called to salvation. Do not be concerned about it. But if you gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was a free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants to, of men. So brothers, in, in, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. What's that saying? It's saying that we are free in Christ and yet we still are called to submit. Now, does that mean we're being a slave to men? Absolutely not. It actually points to the exact opposite. That when we freely choose to submit to, to our authority structures on earth, we're actually glorifying and honoring God. Galatians 5.13 says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity of the flesh, but through love serve one another. You see, in our freedom, in, our, in that which we have been called to, in this, this free, free living, we are to live, while it says in our text, not using our freedom as a cover-up for sin and evil. It's really easy to, for me, and I'm just talking about me. I don't know what, how y'all feel about this. I know how some of y'all feel about it. But, but for me, it's really easy to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be my own standard of, of what's right and wrong. On the, same, on the other side of that, it may be really easy to say, no, I'm going to trust government no matter what. Both are wrong. When government steps outside their realm, we don't trust them. If, if they're inside the realm, even if we don't like it, we obey. The, the scripture is very clear on this. Final text I got for you in this one is Romans 6.22. It says, but now, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. There it is. The fruit you get, uh, you get leads to sanctification and it ends in eternal life. You see, when, when we... When we submit to Christ, we are set free, but we're set free with a purpose. And as, as, un, um, as unpopular as it may be, is we, are, we are called to submission, and that's at every human authority. We're going to see that over and over and over and over throughout this. 
Final question I have. Are there any distinctions in our submission? Look at the, the verse 17, the last verse. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. Those are all blank, blatant distinctions. Notice a different level of intimacy in the actions as compared to the relationship. So honor everyone. R.C. Sproul said that honor in this day was respect on steroids. So we are, we are to bring honor to all people. And then we get closer. Love, that's a deeper emotion. The brotherhood. Who's the brotherhood? Those in the church. We are to have intimate love for one another. We are to, to be respecting one another. We are to be honoring one another. But even more than honor, we are to love one another. Fear God. That's even deeper. The Bible says that the fool, the fool does not fear God. The Bible says that the fear of the God is the beginning of wisdom. We're to fear him, which is a deeper emotion than love. My children do love me, but they also fear me. You saw what Judah was doing before the service. Now how's he acting? Why? Because I went back and had a talk with him. And he fears his father. And then it says, honor the emperor. Now, so it, I'm, I am making the argument that according to this text, we're to have a bigger submission to the brotherhood, a way bigger submission to God, but we're still submit to the emperor. Now, what does that mean practically? Well, on the one hand, it means that we, can't, we, we cannot afford to be parents of the world and say things like, let's go, Brandon, no matter what you feel about Joe Biden. On the other hand, it means we cannot be parents of the world and say things like, Trump is just a Russian stooge. Both of those are wrong. Both of those are just parroting the, the nonsense within the media. We're to honor the emperor. How in the world can we honor the emperor, in our case, the president? How can we honor those in governing authorities while parroting the foolishness of the world? We can't, is the answer. I have a lot of repenting to do. I've never said, let's go, Brandon. But I've said th things that are maybe akin to that. Now, just because we honor them, does that mean we have to agree with them? Absolutely not. Does that mean we have to, um, just because we have to honor them, does that mean that we have to always vote to, because we live in a, in a dem, dem, democracy, I can't talk, instead of an emperor, do we always have to vote for them? Absolutely not. But what we can't do is go out and yell from the rooftops about how much we hate them, how terrible of a person they're. That's not honor. That's dishonor, quite literally. All right, so I've not made any friends here today, and that's okay. Let's, let's get to some practical applications. Practical applications. I have three easy ones and then two really hard ones. First, the first easy one, obey good laws. Even speed limits, I, I fail in this all the time. I've been doing my best to, to call, come back to it. But let's say you're driving with an unbeliever, an unbeliever behind you. I've talked to, to uh, some people who say they don't want to put any Christian markers on their vehicle. Why? Because when they, they're out in the car, they're out sinning, and they don't want to be identified with Christ. Well, there's another answer to that. <laughs> Submit to it and don't drive crazy, right? So what happens if you're driving in a car with an unbeliever in a 35 zone? There's no other cars around, no police officers, and you're, you're driving 35. What are they going to say? They're going to look, look at you and say, why in the world are you driving so slow? Answer, because of speed limit. That, that'll be conspicuous obedience. And hopefully, that can even lead to evangelism. 
Who cares if it's a speed limit? Well, I, I want to obey God. And it, but, but obeying God means obeying silly laws like this. Uh, Lord knows I want to drive faster than those, those, those speed limits. But we have to be obedient to good laws. Second, go beyond obedience. Really easy to say. Go beyond obedience. Sure, you don't have to litter. But what if you saw somebody saw you picking up after someone else's trash? Why are you doing that? Because I love the Lord and I want to care for his created world. Once again, this very likely, something very simple, can lead to an evangelistic opportunity. Third, be thankful for the good government that we have. It's a gift from God that we don't live in Syria or Afghanistan. That we don't live in some of these countries that are, are struggling with dictatorships and killing people on a whim. And it's an insult to his grace if we only ever complain about America, but we never thank God for the country we live in. Now let me get two hard ones. One, we have to be respectfully but passionately opposed to bad laws. Say that again. We have to be respectfully but passionately opposed to bad laws. Abortion should not be legal. It's murder. Same-sex marriage is a self-contradictory farce. It should never have been established by law. There are others, there are others but we, we should be willing to enter into respectful debates with unbelievers over these issues. We should even be willing to fund, and we have in the church funded, the, the, these, these ministries that, that su- support unwed women who don't want to have an abortion, that want to raise their kids. That's a good thing. We have to be able to be respectful while still disagreeing. Our culture will tell you that if we disagree, we're being dishonored. We're dishonoring them. If you disagree, you're hating them. That's just not true. But we must allow, we just always do this without hateful speech or slander towards our leaders. You cannot slander, you cannot slander and honor your leader at the same time. They negate each other. And if we slander our leaders publicly, then unbelievers will disqualify us as hypocrites from evangelizing them. It's hard, it's a hard one. That's a hard reality to swallow, but it's one we have to. Second, hard one. Don't lose your religion during campaign season. <laughs> no matter who wins an election, no one that is elected to public office will ever be your savior. There is but one person that could do that. And just as a reminder, they crucified him. These, these applications are just the beginning to scratch the service. And you'll need to take time to continue thinking about these and apply these in, in the specific ways. So you'll know how to be a good Christian citizen for the glory of God and for the evangelism of the lost. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a good God who loves us and has given us authority structures over our life. Father, I pray that you would magnify your name this morning. That you would help us submit where we are failing. Help us see it and help us repent. Father, guide our hearts and our minds and use us for your glory. For we love you. It's in your precious son's name I pray. Amen.